Welcome back to Tech in the Hood, the show that brings you all things arts, business, culture, and technology. Today I'm here with the entire crew of NTG. Most of you guys know Bashir, he's been on the show multiple times, but we got brother Brian and Tavarian. Um, actually, Bashir, yeah. since you've been here multiple times, multiple. you want to introduce your business partners? Uh, sure. Um, so these are my business partners. <laughs> Tavarian Dinkins, Brian Franklin, the brain trust of NTG, not the entire team, mm -hmm. um, but the head. Right. The leadership, the leadership <laughs> the, team. The leadership team. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> These are the guys who uh, make all things technology happen. Sure. And they let me hang around with them, which is great. So I get to learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we talked um, a little bit about, you know, NTG um, on the show. Mm -hmm. But um, we didn't dig deep into the origin right. uh, story. I mean, mm -hmm. startup, the south side and west side of Chicago. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we uh, we started, uh, what was it, 99? Somewhere around there. 98, yeah. 99. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, I was working at the West Side Health Authority in the technology community uh, uh, director role, technology coordinator. And uh, these guys were working in the corporate field. Uh, I won't yeah. know, step on their toes, let them talk about yeah, it. Yeah, where, you, where you were know, you guys at? Yeah, at where, that, where were you at that time? When, a white, when people were freaking out about Y2K. Oh yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> we were working at uh, Computer Science Corporation. We were both working a contract at uh, CSC had with uh, General Motors, the Electric Motor Division, out in uh, McCook, mm. Illinois. And at the time, uh, I think Brian was on the network team, the engineering side, and I was on the system side, the windows, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, um, I was really intrigued with the networking because whenever they had problems, Brian was able to use uh, sniffing tools, which I had, had known about, and was able to troubleshoot and see traffic across the network. So eventually I joined the network team as well. Mm -hmm. Brian was actually my senior at one point. He taught me a lot, taught me really everything I knew about the networking side. And uh, so with working with Brian, uh, we did a project around the country. I'll, I'll let him, I'll hand it off to him at this point. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so General Motors, um, we worked at the location where the EMD division, Electromotive division where they make the trains. So they had a project to go around the country to their rail facilities which hadn't had an upgrade since the 70s. So they were still on the old amber and the green screens. So our job was to go out to set up the network and set up the switches and things like that. So it was a good project. Um, I had just quit my job working for the phone company, climbing the telephone poles, putting in phone lines. So I made the transition to the network. Um, so when that project came up, they needed us to travel. So um, 
I forgot the exact circumstance, but Tavari ended up traveling with me. Yeah. So that was a fun time. <laughs> we learned a lot. I mean, we get out there, we work. Yep. And our goal was to hurry up and finish so we can go do what we want to do. But the key was to make sure everything was in place. Yeah. One of the most memorable trips uh, memorable trips were uh, to California to, um, what was that? Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, there you yeah. go. To Santa Barbara. So we were there. Uh, we went on a Monday to California. We finished working Tuesday. Our boss said, well, you need to work there Thursday. Don't make sense to go home. I said, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So for Wednesday, we had all day to do what we want to. Thursday, we go to uh, Santa Barbara. Our contact never responded. So I said, hmm, Mm. we could just stay here till Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So from Tuesday to Friday, we had an all expense paid trip to uh, Santa Barbara. So that was- Horse riding on the beach. Oh man, I didn't see the horse, horse, but it was beautiful. One thing that was funny, I don't know if you were near me, I was in the ocean, like knee deep. I don't swim well, so I didn't want to go way out. And I'm taking, I'm, I'm trying to think, was I on the phone? I think I was talking to my wife. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something smacked me in the leg. Ooh. So right away, because of the condition of watching TV, I thought it was a shark. <laughs> but it was a piece of wood. <laughs> so that so stood out to me. So you didn't experience shark week? No, 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 no. no. That, that was before was, Sharknado was Sharknado. Was Ryan was uh, still shook. Right. So... Um, that position ran its course, but all during that time, we were talking about starting our own IT company. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we, when we traveled, the only time we called home is when we physically couldn't type in something. But beyond that, we just handled everything A to Z. And I remember walking, uh, we were going to dinner, and we yep. were saying, I said, we can start our own company. Devon yep. like, I don't know, I don't know. I said, no, yeah. we can start our own company. <laughs> <laughs> so that ended up, we were coalescing, that ended up becoming that intelligence group. So both of you know each other because you've worked together. Correct. So right. how did Bashir come in the picture? So what? Bashir and I have been running around the South Side. So no, no, no. <laughs> I've known Bashir since high, high school. Ah, uh, okay. uh, Where did y'all go to high school? North Shore Country Day School okay. in uh, okay. Winneka. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you, did you come in your soft, sophomore year? Uh, junior year. Junior year. Okay. So, so yeah, he's, Bashir was a year behind me. And, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of African-American students at the school at the time. Mm. And so I think we were one of a few handful of African-American males. And we both commuted from the South Side. Mm-hmm. So we were on the trains and we mm. talked and we really bonded. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends ever since. So nice. um, so I knew Bashir. I think it was right around the time I think WHA was trying to implement DSL. And I think I went over to help you out with it, Ooh, and you were saying you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to explain what that is for our younger. Viewers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was before uh, you know high speed internet as it is today. That was sort of like uh, before people used to have modems and they would dial. You would use a phone line to dial out. Yeah. And then DSL was a much faster uh, access to the internet. Mm-hmm. You could actually stream video. Mm-hmm. Uh, and watch it before it was just like, wow, there's a photo on a website. That mm-hmm. was new mm-hmm. to have a website or their colors on the web page. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So to watch actual music video was groundbreaking. And by sheer, yeah, I guess the light bulb went on in his head. He, he said, hey, man, you know how to do this? I'm like, we, we do this all around the country. This is nothing. This is. <laughs> and he said, oh, we need to come together. I said, you know what? I got a buddy at work. He's all, he already has an entrepreneurial bug. Because uh-huh. he had already started a company of his own. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? We need to, I need to put the two together. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I have my capabilities, but I, I, Brian and I have become really good friends at that time. 
almost like brothers from from relying on each other, traveling around the country. And again, of course, our history with Bashir, mm -hmm. like brothers as well. And I said, you know what? Because sort of all like minds, let's kind of form together like a Voltron with only three pieces, but it meant <laughs> <laughs> come together like a Voltron, you know, or something. And uh, it just meshed. Like, yeah. we all hit it off. We're all yeah. almost like we had been friends forever. That's Laughing, incredible. joking, and kind of having the same direction in life, ideas and goals. And so yeah. it was it's been a good fitness. As you see, we're still uh, enjoying each other's company. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so. Yeah, so, I mean, that was Web 1.0, right? Oh, man, yeah. that was. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it that. That was Oof. Yeah. 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 Point one. Yeah. Yeah. Point one. People were still doing like uh those uh bulletin boards and Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah was, Oof. Right. Oof. RC. Yeah. Might have to uh, for the Aspire Center that's coming up, maybe we'll we'll do like an art exhibit. Yeah, get get all of that because it's really cool to show the history yeah, right absolutely. Yeah, sort of to yeah. appreciate you know that mm -hmm. that journey I yeah. mean, right now we're at an yeah, age of ai and chat gpt mm -hmm. where right you can right. get you can get anything that's mm -hmm. right back yeah. then you gotta oh yeah you had to yeah. work oh yeah, yeah. you didn't or you had to fight people for the phone Oh yeah, that's right. That's right, man. Yeah, man. Well, so we started doing projects, mm -hmm. you know, on the side, after hours, on the weekends, at night. Yeah. At night. I mean, we spent so many nights, oh, yeah. all night long, Sleepless setting nights. up systems, yeah. servers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there were so many organizations that needed that help. Help. You know, yeah. setting up. Yeah, you mentioned in, uh, season one. Yeah. Right. And all the equipment that was just yeah. all over uh, the west side. Correct. Yeah, and, and and this is what they were facing on a daily basis mm -hmm. at General Motors. And so it just made sense for us to come together and say, hey, you know, we can set the service. We can, we can, right. we can, commit, we can commit ourselves to, yeah. to doing the service for you. And, uh, yeah, and for was, younger people that are listening, this is uh, before cloud-based solutions. Oh, yeah, everything was local. Oh, yeah, local everything was local. This is back when clouds were actually clouds in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> I remember having conversations with clients. They were afraid to put their website in to host it with the hosting company. Right. Yeah. Because people still had servers in the closet, and, and their website was in Web the closet servers. as well. Uh -huh. That's funny. So yeah. just think, just yeah. like people now are trying to transition to the cloud. Oh, where's my data? Do I control it? It was the same discussion about a website. Yeah, yeah. website, like email, email, another yeah. one, another one that was local. It was a conversation like, yep. you don't need to have that in the closet anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, for yeah, real. Now things change, but yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. similar conversations now with similar concepts. You know, mm -hmm. no, absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So um, the name. Go ahead. NTG. Oop. NTG, oh, that, that intelligence group. Yeah, that was actually Tavarin's idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he yeah, came up with that name. Right. Yeah, oh, okay. he sure well. did. They're coming. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I guess it's, you know a combination of networks, telephone, yeah. and then that's intelligence all, all yeah. together, and yeah. we're a group, and yeah, yes, how it, yeah, it makes yep. it. It still makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not so much telephone anymore, but right, you know. Yeah. Still the group. Still, net, we're, still we're, networks, right? Yeah, yeah. we've evolved yeah. to cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So we kind of shortened the name, make just an acronym, just make yeah. it easier for people to remember for marketing purposes, NTG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. But I, but I, would, I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, that, that Ahmed had a, a key role in, in that intelligence group's uh, yeah. formation and, 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 and progress. And 
I don't know if you want to talk about that, but I, I will for a second. Sure, yeah. Western Health Authority go was ahead. our first contract. Mm-hmm. They gave us our first opportunity, you know what I mean, to to uh, to work with uh, the business there. Uh, our second contract was with Shore Bank mm-hmm. and the Shore Bank Neighborhood Institute. And that's where we set up that lab. And Ahmed was our first employee because mm-hmm. we brought him in in order to do some of the training. That's right. And, and to work because they had a, a library in, in addition to the computer lab. Mm-hmm. So Ahmed was there working. I even have pictures of you there. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick backstory, you know what I mean? But no, seriously, because, you know, he's he's a very humble guy. You know, he's always hustling. Uh, but I just want to give a shout out to you, man. And just to, to honor you for a second, this guy, he comes here from uh, Somalia as a, as a refugee. As an, S- Somaliland. Asylum, Somaliland. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. As a, from Somaliland as an uh, asylum, political refugee by way of Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. I met the guy. You know, how old were you? 17? Uh, 18? Uh, just turning 19. Turning 19, okay. In my eyes, you were still a kid. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even though I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> so I meet, I meet him. The first thing he says to me is, I just came from Abu Dhabi where the cars are like toys. And so I was like, it kind of took me aback. I'm like, who says something like that? You know what I mean? And, uh, but I was intrigued and I was like, okay. <laughs> Let's talk. So we got to talking. He 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 started to uh, explain that he had some computer skills, and he was able to demonstrate them. We get to talking. I said, "Man, I really like this guy." Mm-hmm. I said, "Somebody I can work with." And so he comes to me with me to Western Health Authority and works with me there, mm-hmm. doing the implementation of the web TVs and mm-hmm. set up the computer labs and all that. And uh, you know, we really hit it off. And I, one thing I, I I noticed about Ahmed is that he's tenacious. Mm-hmm. He works really hard. And he gets along with everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Makes friends with everybody. I was like, this brother's going to be successful. Now, mind you, he, he, he comes here, you know, just starting off, goes to the west side working, goes to school, Loyola, works on – so he's in school and he's working, and at the same time supporting his mom and his three sisters. So people wow. didn't know all of that, wow. that this, this man is supporting a family and working and going to school – and now you've developed your own business. You've, you've gotten several medals and mm-hmm. accolades from the federal government and the United Nations and now doing things internationally. So, man, I just, man, I'm proud of you, man. That's you know, I'm proud to know you. That's Appreciate that. I forgot the tissue box. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, man, you know, people need to know this. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you don't get the chance to, yeah. you know, yeah. it sounds arrogant if you just tooting your own horn or right, you know, just right, talking right, about right. yourself. Yeah, but yeah. let me do it for you. I appreciate that. This done a lot. Yeah, well, appreciate that. Yeah, man. That's the whole reason why I'm doing the podcast. Yeah, man. And thank you for including us <laughs> in your, uh, your yeah, podcast. Man. No, it's all yeah. about, it's all about, you know, I've always been community first, right? Yeah, man. You know, so I was What's blessed up? to you know, meet you through uh, family and then, you know, go to the west side of uh, Chicago, get that experience. What's funny is uh, when I was going to Loyola, I'd bring kids from Loyola to the west side for gaming nights uh-huh. because the computers that we built were a lot more. You know, advanced and, Mm -hmm. you know, people can Google this if they're not familiar with this, but there is a thing called uh, LAN parties, like local Mm -hmm. networks. And we had this game that I introduced to the lab uh, that was Command and Conquer. Mm -hmm. 
and so I used gaming, you know, a lot in in the in the <laughs> in the programming to keep the kids, you mm -hmm. know, engaged. Right. But all of a sudden, I hooked Tavarian on it. Yeah. Oh, he, I may introduce you to. I thought you guys were playing that. As Actually, we I, we played Command and Conquer. I don't know how to say this, but when I, we were working with the desktop team at uh, CSC, oh, we actually embedded the game in the image, and so we would play. <laughs> oh wow! At, I didn't even uh, know that. Oh. In the lab, and sometimes <laughs> that's why that's, that's why you were that's over. why you were so good. Exactly. So I, I'd already cut my <laughs> he teeth. Didn't, he didn't tell me that. Game. I was I was beating like two brutes at the same time. You know. That's when you, amongst those guys, that's if you were good. Yeah. That was like, so when I came to the West Side, I was like, oh, you guys aren't ready for me. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, you guys that. aren't ready for me. And you so. guys were playing that game all night long. I was like, oh, what is yeah. this beginner's luck? Yeah, man. So, yeah. yeah. Man and Conquer, we, I spent many hours playing that game. Man. Yeah, we played a lot. Yeah. I, I wasn't an early adopter, though. Yeah. I was just frustrated that you guys wanted to play all night long. <laughs> exactly. and I had to go. Yeah, it was not too I was happy. Like, Man, I'm out of here. You, yeah. Brian, you never played either, though. Right? No, I was too busy studying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have time for games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sure, hooked. They got me into it. They yeah, got me into on. it, man. It's my own pearl. No, <laughs> um, yeah. No, it was fun, man. It's, it's great for bonding. Yeah. For most yeah. Definitely. Strategy. Strategy, yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, that's uh, you can develop a lot of you know skills definitely through through gaming. But yeah. how many of us knew back then that kids these days would make you know all this money yeah. from oh, gaming man. full time? Oh wow, that's and, crazy! And uh, universities will introduce like e gaming as yep. part of their curriculum. Yeah. And we got e sports and couldn't see that. All of this. Yep, no, no. no. couldn't seen that one, man. Coming <laughs> exciting though. Yeah, you know? I mean it's a different it's yeah. a different uh, time it's a different um, era, uh, but in terms of you know s skill set, um, both of you come from the networking you know, world, right? Um, Linux was a big thing. Yep. Is it yep. still a big thing? Oh yeah, Linux is silently running the world behind the scenes. I mean yeah. most uh, cloud computing. Uh, mm -hmm. What's behind all of that is some variant of Linux. Um, so if you, you know, companies that have virtual machines, these sort of like, uh, windows servers that are running on yeah. a Linux back end. Um, so it may not be as forward facing as, uh, or as popular as, um, Mac OS or windows, mm -hmm. but, uh, it's there. I mean, and there it, it's, it's gained in popularity amongst the cybersecurity community because there, there is a certain, there are a few distributions that are tailored specifically for cybersecurity related um, tasks. So uh, it's sort of like things that the people who know, know. People, yeah, <laughs> sort of people like, you know, but it's not uh, in an everyday uh, name or brand that people could yeah, yeah, yeah. Would recognize, but yeah. Just, just, uh, just, just pull up. Uh, but you all are now focused um, in terms of day-to-day -day on cybersecurity mainly. Mm -hmm. Primarily, yeah. How did that uh, shift happen? Mr. Cyber, <laughs> Mr. Cyber, we call him Big Cyber. Big Cyber. <laughs> we scored twenty years ago. <laughs> I think um, I think it's just part of the evolution of the business. At first, we were kind of break fix, yeah. uh, you know, setting up computers and remote access and internet. But like everything else, the market shifts, and now that you have all this, uh, you know, Internet of Things and everything's online, you know the hackers saw an opportunity 
that we could uh, mm. infect people's machines. So in the early days, it was just more of a nuisance, putting you know, questionable content on your computer, making things pop up. But then they became wise and realized we can make money by taking people's data, holding the data hostage, because people may not realize this, but your most important asset is the data, not the device. You can easily replace your laptop or desktop, but you can't replace the data that you've accumulated and created over the years. Mm. So um, as that became more prolific, you know, people trying to figure out what can we do. At the same time, we were looking to uh, kind of shift our business away from just day-to-day -day networking and setting up things to a more professional, um, professional services business. So by certain circumstances, we uh, joined this cybersecurity group. Mm -hmm. And he kind of laid out, the group kind of laid out exactly how you need not so much sell cybersecurity, but position yourself to be the go-to person for this new protection that's needed. Mm -hmm. So that was a couple of years ago um, that we saw the need for that and we partnered with this um, organization. And we kind of retooled our entire business to focus on cybersecurity. So yes, we still set up the network, we set up the wireless, but the focus is on securing your data. And whether it be in the cloud or still on premise, mm -hmm. the key is to keep your data safe and only let those who need to access the data access the data and not the hackers. So really, I mean, nothing's 100%, so we don't say we, um, mm -hmm. we don't guarantee. We just provide protection, not prevention. Pre yeah, okay. But protection. Protection, yeah. So the key is, honestly, when the hackers come knocking at your door, mm. they want to see that it's too hard, and they go to somebody else who, mm. unfortunately, don't have the protection. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of a shell game. Mm. But you don't want to leave yourself exposed. And it's, I mean, it could be something as simple as an email coming in, and people click and think it's innocent. And the hackers count on you just doing your day-to-day -day task. You know, we kind of, we, we, we're creatures of habit. So we come in, we do our work, we boot up, we do our work, click, 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 and we don't pay attention. And the hackers are counting on that. Mm -hmm. So they'll send you an email that looks like it comes from your boss. We had one um, customer, the lady was new, maybe on, in, in the business only uh, two weeks. She gets an email, I need you to go to Walmart to buy gift certificates and don't bother me. So her office is next door to her boss's office. Don't bother me, go do it. And she went and did it. So they told her to buy 10, she bought less because Walmart didn't have 10, <laughs> didn't have the 10 cars, she only had eight. So when they get back, I forgot the circumstance, how they found out, but realized you've been scammed. Yeah. So, and that's as simple as a phone call or go to the boss just to, you know, to verify. But so it's those type of things we try to help our clients to become aware of that you, even though you're small, you can still be a target. Matter of fact, we came from a conference yesterday and it was a quote and it was saying, it's not that you're too small to get hacked, you're too small to make the news. Mm -hmm. So small mm -hmm. organizations get hacked all the time, you just yeah. don't hear about it. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. that big. Yeah, and um, do the hackers ask for ransom? Oh, of course. So there's different, um, different ways they hack you. So one way is uh, ransomware, where they actually encrypt your files. Mm -hmm. So you'll see your files there. You open them, it's encrypted, it's garbled, you can't read it. So they charge you a ransom, mm -hmm. which they give you an electronic key so you can unlock it. Fortunately and unfortunately, the, the hackers are honest. They, most of the time, they give you the key. So there's an incentive to pay them, mm -hmm. which is bad because now the industry keeps going. Another way is a BEC, business email compromise, where like an example I gave, they'll have you go buy gift certificates or one circumstance, they'll hack your email 
insert themselves. They don't um, do anything malicious right away. They wait and they watch the flow of the business. Mm. And then the moment you get ready to wire money, they'll say, oh, we have a new bank information. <laughs> this has happened a couple of times. That's bad. We have new banking information. Just wire it here. Wow. And they craft the email so it looks like it's legit because they've been watching. So the industry has, 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 truly, has truly changed for the hacker. They call it uh, ransomware as a service. So they mm -hmm. actually have a business, customer service, where we're going to help you get your files back, even though they're the <laughs> one who stole the files. It's crazy. Yeah. So software as a service, now you have ransomware yeah, exactly. as a service. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's, it's, unfortunately, it's very lucrative. Very lucrative. Most of the time, they will get paid. Yeah. And so. And uh, so. you can't trace where they are? We can't. No, no, no. It's always in Bitcoin. You know, you don't yeah. mail them a check. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bitcoin. Yeah. It's the, the power is higher, higher than our ability yeah. to, yeah. to, 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 to decide for that. But, mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, if it's continuing to be a growing, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, problem, is there a point where, you know, law enforcement starts looking more into I mean, into the FBI gets involved. Yeah. FBI yeah. gets involved. Yeah. Yeah, they... And they're Depen laws, depend they're, depending on yeah. the, if it's like a federal bank or right. you know, depending right. on the entity. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the cyber crimes industry is more lucrative than the drugs crime industry right now. Mm. Less risk. With less risk. Oh, you know. So you have a real incentive <laughs> to retool your business if you if you're on the dark side of the forest. Yeah. yeah. You're like, hey, we don't need the guns. Right. Right. <laughs> get some we just need some computers. <laughs> <laughs> get some guys that can. Code there's a thing yeah. too where if some of these guys started off as uh hackers and then but it turned into um the white hats yeah, yeah. Yep. work yeah. work working for companies right. and so yep. on working right. Right. working even you know for the uh fbi yep right you mm -hmm. know yeah. so another problem with that is the hackers are incentivizing employees to plug mm -hmm. in a USB, to download this link. So if you have a disgruntled employee at a company yeah. and they're being offered by they're being offered a half a million dollars by this you know shadowy figure, a lot of employees will take that offer. Mm. So that's Just very hard because employees <laughs> trust it. They're inside the network, right. so it's hard to find that. So there's ways to help mitigate that as well. But a lot of companies don't see the value because it's not going to happen to me. So they don't want to invest in the tools necessary to uh, kind of mitigate that. But yeah, if somebody offers me a half a million dollars, man, you guys in trouble. I'm sorry. We're going to have a problem next week at Tuesday. So it's a, it's a constant fight. No, abs absolutely. Yeah, um, and with and AI, man, it's even Oh good. yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Are you, is our bots uh, being deployed for, what, what did we just hear yesterday? He said, once the hackers learn how to spell, we're in trouble. Oh, yeah. So now a lot of foreign actors, they couldn't mimic the uh, American culture in writing. Mm -hmm. But now the bots can do it perfectly. Right. Mm -hmm. So now that's an even yeah. bigger problem. And now yeah. also, um, I was reading, you ever get these phone calls where nobody's on the line, you say, hello, hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're grabbing your voice to mm -hmm. craft an email. I mean, to graph, to be able to craft a file so it sounds yeah. like you. So now... They'll have people calling, and it sounds like somebody you know, mm -hmm. and it's really AI. Right. So it's what if, really with yeah, his video. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, you, know, you see the person's up. face, and exactly. Yeah. You know. So voice, you can't even do voice authentication anymore. Exactly. Because right. that can, you know, get you know, get hacked. You know, so 
um, you got to develop, you know, new um, security yeah. Yeah. Uh, pr uh, protocols, you know, it's even constantly for evolving. Yep. the keys that's, for the login. That's what's driving the whole change. They, yeah. they're, they're, no, they're more cybersecurity laws mm -hmm. that if you are a business, mm. you're going to be required to adhere to. So if you want cybersecurity insurance, which is going to be mm -hmm. almost like driver's insurance, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're expected to carry insurance if you're going to operate a vehicle. So is that in play right now? That's where insurance. things are going. So oh, you, that's if, where it's headed. So, so if you have a business, mm. whether it's a dental office, whether it's a financial institution, whether it's bakery, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to need to carry some level of cybersecurity insurance. And with that, come certain controls mm -hmm. that right. you're going to need to implement. And that's sort of where we come in. We're right. sort of like the blue team side mm -hmm. where we do more defensive posturing so that our clients can adhere to these emerging standards and stay uh, consistent. And so if there is an event, because as Brian said, no one can offer you hundred percent certainly, right. but if there is an event, um, you can be fairly certain that once you make a claim, those check boxes, those you know, fifteen or twenty pages of check boxes <laughs> that you had to uh, complete in order to get the insurance, mm -hmm. you can feel reasonably confident that they're going to honor the claim because you implemented best business practices, and that's kind of where that gray area is. That's constantly changing. What what does that mean? There are more laws. There are more expectations. Technology changes, and so maybe what you did two years ago is no longer relevant because. Uh, there's some inherent vulnerabilities right. with either the way you're doing it, the protocol, or the technology itself. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, it's like tax laws. I don't, I don't know what changed mm -hmm. from, from last year, right. this year. Got yeah, an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. Got an accountant. That's mm -hmm. what they do. They focus on it. That's what gets them going. And so I'm like, okay, great. I don't want to know what the tax law <laughs> would change, but it affects me. Sure. And so that's kind of where we are with our clients, educating them that we're not, we're not trying to just uh, sell you some snake oil, we're saying, hey, this is legislation. This is almost like yeah. having the seatbelt, you know, mm -hmm. put on a seatbelt. If, if you get an accident and they find out you weren't wearing a seatbelt, they're not going to pay. Yeah. That's the first thing they look. They look for do forensics. And so they're doing the same thing now for businesses. You know, um, did you have a backup? What type of password? Oh, it's password one, two, three. Get out of here. We're not. We're yeah. We're not, Was there a separation of duties? Exactly. You know, so, um, so how would the process start? You know, so do you start with sort of like doing an IT audit of the systems yeah. for the client? We do so, a uh, cybersecurity risk assessment. That's mm -hmm. the first thing we do. Mm -hmm. So first we need to, uh, we, we can't, we have to uh, diagnose before we can prescribe. So we have to see what you're working with. And people are comfortable with their network, but they just have no idea because things uh, kind of grow over time. Right, right, right. You know, right. you have you give people, you might have a vendor you gave access to, but nobody yeah. turned off that access. Right, right. And it might be hanging out there for a couple of years. And they have more access for to more of your network than exactly. you even know, right? And each individual staff may have more access than they need. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. a concept of least privilege. We only give you enough uh, access you need to do your job. Right. It's not because of trust. A lack of trust is just best security practice. Right. So everything starts off with a cybersecurity risk assessment. We look at the dark web. We look at your email. We look at your network. We look at practices and habits. For instance, people like to store passwords in their browser. And yep. that's a big problem. It's convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> until a hacker gets access to it. Because they, get, they have you click on a link. Mm -hmm. And you're logged in if you click on a link. 
within seconds, they can read the browser, take the passwords. You don't even know anything happened. Mm -hmm. They just wait. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a, that's that's a big one. So what I'm hearing, too, a big part is education and like training of yes, uh, the staff. Right. So how, do, how does that happen? And we do workshops or one of the uh, tools in the stack, so to speak, is mm -hmm. cybersecurity um, awareness training. Mm -hmm. So it's typically in a form of a portal where the staff, um, they are fed these videos on a periodic basis, typically once a week. And they're short videos. And they're meant to be entertaining, like little, right, 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 little right, net, right. Netflix videos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So and it's, um, it's designed to keep cybersecurity in the forefront of the staff's mind. Yeah. And there's typically like a four or five question quiz at the end just to solidify what they've just watched. And that's an ongoing, that's on an ongoing basis. So they're constantly aware because the staff typically just is not aware of what's happened behind the scene. They just log in the computer and click, click, click. But there's a lot going on that they're not aware of. And these videos kind of bring that in the forefront of their mind. Uh, abs abs absolutely. So if there's business owner, you know, that's listening right now, do they have to be at a certain revenue level? No, actually, anybody's a target when they're I mean, there are some targeted attacks, mm -hmm. but a lot of these tools are automated. So it probes and see if there's an opening. So at that point, they don't know what your revenue is. They just see that you're open. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're in business, you're a target. There's you a tell a story about the record shop. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. One of the uh, companies in the group we're in, it's a record shop in Detroit. And this was right, right around one of the Super Bowls. So they sell vinyl records. And this, I guess that's their busy time around Super Bowl. And they were compromised. And they spent, I think they only have six employees. In 72 hours, they spent $40,000 trying to get back online because it completely shut down their point of sale, infected their machines. And then they have cybersecurity insurance, so you just can't erase things. Now you have to go through a whole protocol. And you have to follow what they say, else they're not going to pay the claim. Mm. So a lot of times what happens is to get back online, companies will buy new computers and leave the old ones in place so they can do forensics, but set up a new computer. So this kind of happened to them. Mm. And they spent like $40,000 in 72 hours. Small record shop selling vinyl records. Who would who, who wow. thought? Wow. So, yeah. Had they worked with y'all, what would have been? Well, the, the company, um, the other... IT company that was telling yeah. us the story. Yeah. He talked to the owner. He yeah. said, if I would have talked to you before this happened, mm. would you have listened? He said, probably no. Wow. And that's, that's, that's what you're up problem. against. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big challenge, challenge, right? That's a challenge, challenge to right. convince people that they need the, right. the coverage. Yeah. Right. So part of the assessment is we show them the risk. Yeah, yeah. We show them that you might already have, for instance, um, the dark web. Let's say you use LinkedIn or other, these other big services. Sure. They get compromised all the time. Mm -hmm. So now your information is floating around. And if you're one of these folks that reuse passwords, if your LinkedIn password is the same on your computer, now you can be compromised. So it's right. not only your hygiene, but it's the people you deal, the people you do business with. All right. So. So there's uh, this thing that was sort of like you could put it in your keychain and it would like switch the passwords. Um, all all the, the all the time. Yeah, it's a yeah they, like, you it's remember a, that? Uh, that's part of what they call a multi-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. So 
it's two things. One, it has a number that constantly changes. Right. They have those and they have an app to go on your computer. Right. So basically, and we recommend that for everybody, is that when you log into certain systems, mm -hmm. in addition to knowing your email address and password, you also have to have this number right. that changes constantly. Mm -hmm. So the thought is the hacker won't see this number and they don't. Yeah. So you have to put that number in in addition to your username and password. Mm -hmm. That blocks a lot of the threats. But people, that's too cumbersome. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Sometimes we uh, sacrifice security for um, convenience. For, for convenience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it gets us in trouble. Mm. I mean, it is challenging. So, but um, you guys are, <laughs> you guys are doing doing uh, doing uh, doing the work. Um, or pivot just uh, for a second. Mm -hmm. So, NTG being a startup, you know, out of. Uh, Chicago, mm -hmm. you've seen kind of like how things have changed with um, entrepreneurships and everyone talking about IT and startups. I mean, that was something that was very focused on the Bay, Bay Area, but now you've seen that growth in um, in, 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 in Chicago. Where, where do you guys kind of see the trajectory of your company now that it's in an environment where everybody's um, thinking about IT? Yeah. Uh, I, we will just continue to 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 seek new engagements with uh, clients that uh, in, in need of our service. We try we try to focus on uh, the nonprofit space because that's where we started and that's where we've established our name over the years. Uh, we have a number of foundations that we work with as well, um, so they will fall within the, the nonprofit space. Um, but a little bit different because they are providing funding for other nonprofits. Um, so they become a primary target because yeah. they do have, you know, resources. Um, and so, you know, we'll just continue to try to build uh, our brand. And uh, we're actually looking at, you know, rolling out our services nationally uh, to going into other cities like Orlando and uh, Phoenix, uh, Los Angeles. And uh, so it's just... Uh, you know, trying to build our brand, trying, yeah. to, trying to build, 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 build our client. Any list. international plans? <laughs> we had, we haven't really discussed international yet, but you know, if the, if the right opportunity presents itself, yeah, you know, we'll be ready to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to capitalize on that. You know, no, God willing, uh, hopefully. Let's talk about it. I got some leads for you guys. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right, cut. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. Af <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. No. Af Af Africa, Middle East. There you go. I mean, emerging markets. Mm -hmm. you know, emerging you know, markets, yeah. You know. And um, I was just um, there last year. Mm. So one of the things that I've seen is there's a high rate of adoption for Web 2.0 uh, tools, also using you know tool uh, Facebook tools. Just uh, Instagram and WhatsApp for uh, business uh, yeah. services. Yeah. So now we're talking cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah. I was introduced to that. I, I, I was spending some brief time in Mexico, and where I was staying, they primarily use WhatsApp for almost everything. Even if you want to order food, mm -hmm. I was amazed. I, I was thinking it's just a chat app, but like I ordered a pizza or something. It's like, oh, we use WhatsApp. Then the menu show shows up. They're like, oh, you can follow the. Uh, mm -hmm. Even the delivery, almost like a Uber or yeah. well, down there to use Didi or whatever. But I, I was blown away. I was like, oh, I thought it was just text messaging. But yeah. they're leveraging those uh, different a APIs or services mm -hmm. within the platform yep. for the business market. And so it kind of opened my eyes that 
Um, you know, if they're doing that with these tools, um, certainly cybersecurity is something that can be leveraged the same way in those markets as well. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're handling all the customer service, exactly. you know, engagement exactly. um, on what's on on what's on WhatsApp. You know, so um, that it's going to continue, you know, to uh, to grow. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities um, in that in that in that area. Um, talk about the pandemic for a minute. Mm. How did that affect your business? To be honest, it was a boom for us because yeah. you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was trying to work remotely. Yeah. For those clients that weren't in the cloud, they were climbing to get into the cloud <laughs> as quickly as possible. So we were really busy at the beginning. Of so the do pandemic. you think that pushed people into the future? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I would down. say it was just uh, almost like a you know, warp speed <laughs> to, you know, uh, evolution of technology yeah, because Christopher everybody Nolan all film. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was wild, man. And, um, you know, fortunately we were in, in a position where we could, you know, provide the service and respond mm-hmm. to that, to that growing demand. And, um, you know, with that great migration to the cloud of all these various clients and people, it also presented other opportunities for us, you know, in service security because now everybody's in the cloud. I guess what, the edge of the network has gone further than we ever could have imagined. Mm-hmm. And now it has to be protected. And, you know, you got the threat actors and you have the, the bad guys on the other end of this uh, you know, equation, you know, looking to try to gain access to your data. So, yeah. yeah. I would say one thing that allowed us to weather, not only weather that storm, but actually to grow is the fact that we identified very early on that we needed to change our business model. Absolutely. Whereas a lot of client, a lot of companies that started when we when we emerged were more break fix time for dollars. Call us when there's a problem, we're sure we'll give you a good rate. Mm-hmm. We we really stuck to our guns and said that we need to have more of a retainer model. Keep us from retainer. Um, that way we can retain talent so we're available. Hopefully there'll be less issues because we are available. So we have a help desk. We have on site technicians that can uh, at a moment's notice uh, be on site. Um, and so because we had that price model, that business model already not already, you know, in place for years, it wasn't something new that we were, let's test this out. Let's see who's going to go for it. That was our bread and butter. And so talking with some of the other, those other, um, MSPs that kind of did the break fix. A lot of them went under because, uh, people were at home. So they weren't at the business. They didn't have a need to call them out. And some of those businesses even went under because of their clients actually went under because of COVID as well. So we were very fortunate, um, in that time period where people were obviously afraid and, you know, people lost their lives. And so we had to, you know, be mindful that that wasn't just, you know, it was a boon in some way, but it's mm-hmm. also tragedy. Right. You know? And so, but fortunate enough for us, um, we were able to not only weather that storm, but actually prosper in some regards because of that model. In the same way now that we're switching to cybersecurity, I think it will probably uh, serve us down the road in the same manner in terms of growth. Yeah, no, so, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you guys are always solution oriented, you know, so. <laughs> always. Well, yeah. I always say, man, you can't let the grass grow under your feet in this business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially technology. Yeah. Uh, things are, 
Yeah, I mean, constantly. What we're, what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. two years from now, will be obsolete. Right. Yep. You know, so we'll have to have another podcast in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, new tech, <laughs> human humanity, and greed, and all of that's mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. around. You know, yeah. long. Long yeah. before us. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. that is going to continue. So there's always going to be a need some some sort of. You know, right. you know, sec- uh, security, right? Correct. You know, so people would have that Norton antivirus. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and install that. I mean, I don't think if you get a Mac these days, people don't even put an antivirus. That's changing. That's I mean, changing. Even people traditionally thought that Linux was just inherently more stable. Yeah. But even that idea is being challenged because they're starting to create malware specifically for Linux platform where, yeah. you know, five years from now, Windows, Linux, Macs, Mac OS, you're still going to need something else. It just won't be because people don't use it. So things are changing. That's mm-hmm. what I said. As you said, it's a constant tread, treadmill. Yeah. Five years ago, that might have been true that Linux was definitely inherently stable because it was less of a ubiquitous tool. OS, it was a niche thing, but now it's right in the forefront. So, Hackers are saying, well, let's attack the box. Yeah, and you said it's uh, bigger than the drug business now, so. Yeah, that's insane. It's it's insensitive. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos of these guys that would set up in. (laughs) No, that that I started as a teenager. Okay. I used to, you remember ICQ? Oh yeah, yeah. So I sent a patch file to one of my friends. Oh, okay. Minute, open that patch file. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Okay. laughs> Gracias. Wow. So, control of their keyboard and all that. I mean, it's just kids that some of this, some of the, some of the stuff. I mean, or you download um, uh, this little uh, software to their computer, and then they'll be like, "Oh, can you?" Right. Uh, log into blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and then you can just take the uh, cursor, and yeah. it will reveal what the password right. you know is. That they'll just like how do yeah. you, how did how you did do, do that? that? Yeah, sniffer uh, yeah. on the network, <laughs> keylogger. Yeah, that's that's what's so crazy because what you were doing, they would classify it as a script kitty. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. that knows where to get the stuff. Yep, it's pretty much a black box of how it works to you, but you know how to use it and get the results. Yep, but now. It's a whole industry where it's like, okay, there's a business model, like Brian said, they have customer service, they have people that develop the tools, people that constantly research and what are the vulnerabilities where, if it was just a script kitty world, we would be a lot safer. But now it's actually, you know, people putting time and energy behind it that, that, and so you gotta jump higher and higher just to be more secure. And it's evolved because you have entire businesses that are set up as scammer, you know, exactly. net, net, right. uh, networks, right? So recently, uh, a, a lady uh, called my mother and said, oh, mm-hmm. you need to do this in order to uh, pay your bill. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Bill has been paid. No, we're turning off your lights, mm-hmm. you know, t- t- uh, today. So then she gives the phone to my sister. My sister goes, oh, what's happening? And they call me. And literally, I go. It's a scam. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm like, put her, put her on speaker, and put me on speaker. Yeah. Yeah. She hung up right away. Yeah. yeah, and they prey on the elderly. Yes, yeah. yes. So senior yes. citizens are yes. constantly you know, targeted. I mean, how do you, how do you even, yeah, prevent, uh, prevent, uh, prevent yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Education. 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 Just, say, just say no campaign. Just no. say no campaign. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't click on that Amazon right, right. email. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So well, it's well. 50 years of hip-hop this year. Man, you guys crazy, know that? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Wow. Mm. So Bashir always at uh, the music system in his car. Yeah, so, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, for me... You know, the 90s was the golden age, golden age of hip-hop, you know, as I see it. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the Wu-Tang, and then you had yeah, yeah. Biggie and yeah. Tupac. There's a song we used to blast, uh, Method Man and Red Man. Oh, yeah, oh, the Rock Wilder. Yeah, that was there. Yeah, Can't Forget About Nas. That was, that was oh, one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. yeah. Favorite group though is, is Tribe Called Quest. Oh yeah, can't forget about Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> I mean, um, I remember it was a Christmas and I, I had bought like their first album, mm. and it, it was a CD. So CDs were new before they were still doing vinyl. I was like, I'm gonna save and get get the CD, you know. <laughs> and I remember, man, just playing it over and over, like almost staring at the speakers. <laughs> which which album was that? People's Instinctive Travels oh, wow. Fast of Funk and Rhythm. That's the one that had uh, Left My Wallet in El Segundo. Yeah, Benita Applebaum and all uh, that. And but you know what? The sound was so different from, at the time, it was like clear. LL Cool J and yeah. Run DMC. And like, went down the street and got a falafel. And, 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 and so <laughs> was, it was, yeah, I'm just saying it was more like real choppy. Like, you know, I got my shoes. are really cool. You know? right, right, right. And then these guys were like, these beats were just more jazzy and laid right, back. Right. And they sound like regular guys. They weren't. Selling you on some braggadocio type of, uh, and yeah. I was like, man, what is this? This is like, and so that whole thing just blew my mind. So yeah. for me as a kid, I could kind of see myself a little bit as part of the whole hip hop thing. You know, I couldn't be LL Cool J. I wasn't, I wasn't um, NWA that mm. type of stuff. But this was more like, you know what? These kind of guys, maybe I, I relatable. Provide. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, De La Soul, all oh, yeah. that diggable planets. That was that oh, was kind of yeah. more my more my thing but i listen to everything i used to dj back back that's in the right so, oh yeah, until you tried to play that one record in the oh god <laughs> what was it big mike or what? big mike yeah right. i went to a school with a lot of east coast guys <laughs> and from chicago we listen to everything yeah right right, yeah, right right a lot of southern rap southern everything mm-hmm. man I, I i was i the school i went to was is oberlin they had a, a disco called the Sco, and i used to dj there and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play Big Mike. It was like uh, straight, straight gangsterism. Straight know? gangsterism. So the beats like really slow, like, dum, 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 dum. and all these guys like wearing cars. Like, man, what the? Yeah, yeah. Turn that on. What the what is, is, what is it's he too playing? Slow. I was like, all right. They wanted to put on Biggie. <laughs> put on Biggie. Put on some some DOS effects. Oh, this guy's gonna kill me. So <laughs> yeah, but then, back then it was really like you know, East Coast and West Coast is really like you know, what do you listen to? Yeah, but Brian was the hip hop started in the East. Yeah. That's right. Brian was a DJ as well. I go back a little further though. Yeah. Okay, yeah, two DJs. On we got two DJs. Faze and Franklin <laughs> on the ones and two. <laughs> on the ones and two. But in the nineties, I was having children. I got married early, so yeah. I was having my third child in ninety five. So my hip hop goes back to the Sugar Hill Gang. Oh, oh man! Yeah, the birth. I was there when the baby was just. I was there for the It was there in the Bronx. Dinosaurs of rap. Yeah, you see those guys performing now? They got like crutches and they're like. 
I'm like, wow, yeah. guys, you know, man. <laughs> the heavy to the heavy to the heavy. Yeah. Nope, oh, nope. Yeah. Not, and you don't yeah. th- stop. See, there you <laughs> go. See, it's sticking yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. Going back Figured to the source. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, catch, uh, it's catchy. Yeah, <laughs> for me, uh, it was uh, Tupac, man. Tupac, really? Uh, yeah, Ooh, and, yeah, and Abu Dhabi. It was really? just oh, that, and that's crazy. Brilliant storyteller. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. you just you just really connected. I mean, Biggie Biggie was oh yeah great. Biggie was good too. You know, great great too. But uh, Tupac was I I'd say the first one that really one uh, spoke to me and and uh, hip hop. You know, but I really enjoyed uh, Will Smith when he was uh, oh, yeah. messing around with you know Jazzy Jeff Jazzy and Jeff, yeah. yeah I like this uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah. big overseas too oh yeah oh yeah that's right American culture. America, America, yeah. I mean, we'd, we'd get we'd get uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of yeah. you know the, uh, that the sitcoms, you know, obviously because the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, okay, it's pop, yeah, that's right. It's popular, oh. so yeah, yeah. We know all we know a whole lot about you know Will Smith, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Jazzy Jeff and all that. Uh, Soul was really popular, you know, too, in the, in the nineties and, you know, but it just really depends on, you know, the kids that I went to high school, you know, the mm-hmm. black kids, mm-hmm. you know, they would, they would listen, lot, you know, a lot, lot of that, you know, um, and the Indian kids, some of them would listen to hip hop, but they were really into metal. metal. <laughs> yeah. metal? Yeah. Oh, heavy metal. Wow. Oh yeah. Iron Maiden, all that stuff. I mean, we, we listen, we listen to, you know, everything, but, um, yeah. Hip hop was definitely spoke you know, spoke to us spoke to us differently. That's funny because there there was a, I think for me at least a brief moment in hip hop where the hip hop and like sort of like the grunge scene like were kind of hand in hand. Cause yeah, I remember mm. even high school we would listen to Pearl Jam. Yeah, listen Pearl to Jam, Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. I'm from here, Soundgarden, all that kind of Chicago. stuff. Mm-hmm. And they would perform with like the hip hop groups. Right. So it was it wasn't mm-hmm. like. Remember Cypress Hill? Cypress Hill. Yeah, Cypress so it wasn't like that music, that music was so foreign. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like just, I don't know, like young people's music, different mm-hmm. flavors. So mm-hmm. everybody kind of listened to everything, you know? Right. So, you know, now I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if, you know, like now, who's, who's hot now? Huh? Uh, Kendrick Lamar. You know. Yeah, nah, nah. I, I can little, see little, doing, little Nas X. Right, doing, a, doing, a doing the country like music. Metallica or something. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, back then there was that brief moment where it was like everything was cool, you know, everything. You know, yeah. So and plus, uh, everything was shown on MTV, right? That's I think that's part of the reason mm-hmm. oh, everybody yeah, went to M- MTV before we had the box. Remember the box? Oh God! You yeah. To call yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you used to call in and pay <laughs> yeah, yeah. to watch a video. Pay to see a video. Wow. Man, pay to watch a video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, yeah. Man, yeah. You, we you had wait. to sit there and wait for you your video to show up. Show up. Yeah. So we'd be at home with open my neighborhood would play like Bone Thugs of Harmony. Yeah. <laughs> waiting. Yeah. I can remember like, seeing that Biggie Smalls video <laughs> on the box. Yep. The the first one he did. Uh Juicy. Yes, Juicy, yeah. 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 yeah that was a whole nother pay per view, huh? Wow. That was really pay per view. You got paid you got paid <laughs> like per click or per stream, like per call. I just pull up on your phone to now watch anything. Now it's, anything. Now it's YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. We got too much content like YouTube now. Changed the world. Streaming and uh-huh. some distractions. All of, yeah, <laughs> abs, abs, absolutely. Or a tool for learning. Yeah. yeah. I just saw an app mm-hmm. that takes away all the icons off your uh, phone. I think I was telling you about it. And it's just black and white. It's like a skin. So it it reduces your engagement on the phone. 
Mm. Wow. <laughs> so it's less distracting. So it's just black and white, yeah. Oh, wow. It's apt to de app your phone. <laughs> Sounds like my old Nokia phone. <laughs> Although I wish uh, I could find that Snakes game. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that was a good one. That was a... That was a, that was a lot of fun. Blackberry but, uh, was mine. I like Blackberry, the brick breaker game. He was the last oh. person to go from, from, from Blackberry. Yeah, to, man, to I didn't iPhone. want to give up my Blackberry. Yeah. Man. I like those buttons. I was loyal. <laughs> I was loyal. I was loyal too. But I jumped Blackberry. into Android. Yeah. Instead, yeah. instead of um, iOS, I only recently got an iPhone because doing IT consultant, right? So I got I got to see how things look on both, on both yeah. right. de- uh, devices, yeah. right? But I jumped from Blackberry to um, Android. Android. And um, I li- I like I like that you know but it's it's definitely been an interest interesting industry that just you know popped up you know yeah. Android versus iOS yeah. and was able to spend some time around the Bay Area and Sanford you know area and so they would literally have um, VCs you know come in and teach classes and one VC would play the role of iOS another VC would play. Mm-hmm. And uh, Android, you know, because it's basically you know open source, and then you got the other right. guys like a close you know network, right? Yeah. So that's something that I'm seeing right now too with um, AI, uh, spatial com- computing. Have you guys messed around with VR at all? You've seen the video of uh, the new Apple Vision Pro. Oh yeah, have you seen it? I've seen the commercial. Yeah. One of my kids has an Oculus, but that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 it a cool. Impressive. It's it's yeah, it's some cool it's some cool stuff. I mean, I've been messing around with the Oculus thing for a couple of years, you know, uh, now, and um, it's going to change the future of uh, computing. Mm-hmm. You know, could, I'm for one of my artists, uh, for example, setting up a gallery mm-hmm. in, the, in the metaverse, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got his yeah. uh, uh, regular 2.0 website mm-hmm. then now you have a 3d version of your mm-hmm. uh, website that's a gallery and you can even host events mm-hmm. you can even uh, get paid through uh, crypto Whoa. to host uh, so people will pay tickets you can um, teach classes you know in there you can mm-hmm. build you can build a you know campus so we're um, really close with this <clears throat> company called spatial.io and they're doing a lot of cool stuff, you know, in that area, but Facebook invested heavily into the VR space and Apple always tries to like wait a little bit. Yeah, gotta see what then, works. Yeah, and then and then, you know, put in a little bit more time and you know, in the research. But the minute Apple comes into the market, people are gonna say, Oh, now this is cool. Because they define what's cool and what's not, right? Yeah. People line up outside, yeah. camp yeah. outside. Yeah. So when that Vision Pro comes out, mm-hmm. right now they're talking about three grand for that <laughs> for yeah. that thing, you know. But people are like, oh, who's gonna spend money on that? Oh, people are buying Yeezys yeah. for how much? Yeah, they, do it. <laughs> they said yeah. the same thing when the iPhone emerged. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, what's the name Balmer, the VP at that time of Microsoft. Yeah, it's probably some video on YouTube. You can see him making a statement like. It's price too high. No one's gonna no no one's gonna buy it. We got our own Windows line of products. Mm-hmm. Who has a Windows phone now? Yeah. <laughs> Man wiped off yeah, the last. Yeah, it didn't work out. But uh, Microsoft's making a comeback because oh, they yeah. invested oh, yeah. in OpenAI yeah. and ChatGPT. Oh, yeah. yeah. Y'all yeah. seen the Copilot videos? Yeah, yeah that's that's impressive. Game changer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and their team's platform and mm-hmm. Azure platform. killing it. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're they're crushing it. Yeah, I mean they. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> they redefine themselves. They redefine themselves. Yeah. And also um, purchasing, what was it, Activision, uh, mm-hmm. Blizzard, the, the gaming game. uh, company. Yeah. They got Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, they own LinkedIn, too? And they own LinkedIn, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. They're coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And coming yeah, for back. Sure. But that so, VR piece, man, just real quickly. Yeah. Um, the idea of, of, of the concept of using this platform for learning mm-hmm. and for cultural exchange. Absolutely. So if I can put on these, you know, this device on my face and then I can see somebody in another country yeah. overseas and share with them and, you know, you know, learn from them culturally and they can, that's, that's, that's a game changer. Oh, that's absolutely. So I have a friend that um, uh, uses it to educate, you know, his kids about Africa. And then now they're asking him when, when can we go visit Africa? Right. Because if you uh, Google children in Africa on, on Google, you're going to get all the images yeah. from the NGOs and showing right. like all these poor kids. Right, right. But then you're looking at the Oculus and you're like, oh, Right. There are cities here. Yeah. Right. Cities, yeah. and right. there's this, cities. and yeah, very nice, mm-hmm. very ex- nice places. Ex- 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 uh, exactly, rural, you know, so. rural and urban. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So multiple it, cities. <laughs> it's definitely one. the future of yeah. uh, edu- education. Yeah. Plus, you can um, have kids, you know, from the south side, west side of Chicago, and kids, you know, from Africa, Middle East, Asia, Europe, anywhere in South America, mm-hmm. take classes mm-hmm. in the same in the same environment. You can even, t- I can show you how you can teach in there. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you teach a cybersecurity awareness class? See that? Kids, gather, gather around. around. Let me tell you, <laughs> Don't click. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away your email. Right. Or your crypto wallet key. Right. <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> so you guys have been business partners for a minute now, right? What's the, what's 20, the recipe? 22 years. Mutual respect. Yeah. Patience. Patience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, I would say that that's the foundation of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, 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 that's solid, man. And so. We've always um, been family oriented, too. Yeah. I yeah. would say that. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. It's weird. We, we actually received some advice from um, a guy that was mentoring us very mm-hmm. early on. And he told us, he gave us advice that we wanted to weather the storm, you know, that we should, even though we were friends, he knew we were friends before we started business. Mm -hmm. His advice was that we should not hang around each other too much because Mm -hmm. business can, you know, I can see it has a way of turning friendship sour. There's money, responsibilities, who's in charge, who is, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's there's, there's the uh, possibility that things could, you know, people's feelings can be hurt. And when he told us that, we were like, is he crazy? We were like, <laughs> right. why, like, why would we not want to? Like, he's like, don't hang out on the weekends. Don't, just don't hang out too much because that's when things get crazy. We were like, dude, that's the secret recipe. Like, that's what, that's like this, uh, Brian always used to joke, that's like this this covalent bond, uh, the strong bond between us. It's like, uh, it's the respect, but it's also real friendship. And real friendship, I think, equates to what he said is, is to ha- you got to have respect. And admiration, and I think what has helped us significantly is understanding each other's strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that um, I always say, if it was my company, we wouldn't be here talking right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the three of us, it's most of the time majority rules, and sometimes it could be the minority that we say, you know what, you make more sense, even though we agree. 
now thinking about, I think we should do what you say, even though you were the minority opinion. And it works for us because, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have a lot of egos. We have our eyes on the prize of building something that's, you know, that's worth sitting down and having a podcast over. So, <laughs> And that's not something that I could have created myself or Brian alone or Bashir. It's sort of like I rely on them, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, for my mm -hmm. livelihood. And so there's a level of respect and trust that you got to have. Right. Um, otherwise, the relationship, man, is just superficial, right. you know. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't beat a strong foundation, right? Yeah. yeah. Last question. Mm -hmm. Kids that are trying to get into tech, what's your advice? Start rapping. No, I'm kidding. Start rapping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> One thing I see is, and we've worked with a lot of young people over the years, is that you really, if you really want to be a tech, you really have to sincerely pursue tech. You can't just Google something and think you know. You can't just go get a sheet of paper from a um, university and think you know. You have to spend the time and open the book and read and play and practice. Like I tell my son, he works with us. You have to reconcile these discrepancies. So when things don't work right, don't just reboot it and it's working. Now you think you fixed it. No, you didn't fix it. <laughs> you need to understand why it's broke and what happened. And then so you understand the resolution. So when it happens again, oh, that goes in your database that, oh, I know what this problem is based on the symptoms. So I think in, in a nutshell, I have to have a sincere approach to technology and not just look to get a certificate or a sheet of paper. Because I, I know a, a lady who had a, it was a program during COVID where they were paying for them to go take tech classes. So she passed the Cisco class, but she didn't, had no idea how to log into the router. Mm. So how is that possible? Mm. Because they were getting paid to push people through the program. She was pushed through and got a certificate, but she had no idea what she's doing. So you don't want to be right. one of those techs. You have to know your limitations, know you don't know, and just sincerely pursue the technology and understand what it is you're doing and not just rely on a sheet of paper. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, that's uh, sound advice. Yeah, I, I was that. always self-taught. Well, that's, that's yeah. you know, what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Having yeah, that passion, yeah. desire to, to learn. Yeah. I would give advice to people in general that look within yourself for the talents that you sincerely align with, not just because you go on Facebook or the internet and you hear people saying, there's money in cybersecurity. Right. That's mm -hmm. true. That's true. Because you have a miserable life. Yes. And if you look, there are other industries like plumbing, electrician, that can be just as lucrative mm -hmm. if that's something you really align yourself with. If that's something you can see yourself uh, doing because that maybe you're an outside person. You don't want to sit in front of a desk all day. Right. You like traveling or you're climbing the, those poles, whatever, whatever, whatever it takes. I'm saying that you'd probably be much better in the sense to higher heights in that field where you could become very lucrative, even as a worker or your own establishment, than suffering through a job that you have no interest in right. just because you heard there's money. Like I always say, if I had to do taxes, yeah, I have the aptitude to, to understand yeah. laws, but I'll be miserable having to stay on that treadmill of knowledge, trying to relearn tax code for businesses and knowing that people rely on my knowledge to keep them, um, afloat you know I, I would just wake up thinking like i really hate doing this but i have to do it because it's paying the bills so fortunately for us we identified that technology was a passion mm -hmm. and so i think that 
if you're young enough, take the time to really expose mm -hmm. yourself to different uh, types of work. You know, in IT, there's more than just cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. um, there's cyber law. Maybe you're a lawyer. Maybe you're the type of person that thinks outside the box. Maybe you enjoy hacking, you know, or maybe you find out that, cyber, that IT is not your cup of tea. It's something else, but you can actually, you know, pursue it and be excellent in it. So mm -hmm. I would say first start with that. Put yourself out there. Find out what's available. Yeah. Be honest with yourself and, and pursue that. You'll be excellent. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Share. I would just uh, yet uh, piggyback on what he said and just say that um, what I've seen is that the, the, the art of troubleshooting has been lost in the OSI model and being able to start from the bottom yeah. to the top and, and work your way through problems. Yep. Because that that can be applicable to any industry or any, yes. any field. Uh, and what we talked about in terms of hustling and, and working hard, you know, those things, those, those characteristics can transcend any field mm -hmm. and soft skills, soft skills. Those, yes. I mean, they're, they're critical. Uh, like if with us, I mean, when we try to hire somebody, if you have a lot of technology, tech, technology, knowledge or experience that might not work in your favor. Because we want to work, we want to hire someone. We want to work with somebody that has the right personality and the word right fit. Mm. And um, and is this person passionate? And is this person uh, gonna add value to to our organization? That that's more important. And so, how do you get that? You know, where does that come from? Um, you know, there's a lot of you know, speculation. Or you know, you can yeah. come up with all different ideas. You with, trust them to be in front of a client. Yeah, exactly. like. Yeah, it's just somebody can they communicate well, you know. Um, uh, so, so all of these, like you said, soft skills are important. Um, and um, you know, I've seen a lot of young people today that that has been missed mm. you know, in our experience. You know, I mean, so uh, if anybody's listening and they they want to get into IT, I would say, you know, like Devarin said, you know, make sure that's your passion, uh, work hard at it. Um, Get some hustle about you, yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and humble yourself and, and come in and try to work. Come yeah, in sure. ready to work. Come to learn. Not come in trying to figure out what you can you can gain monetarily or you know what you know what 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 can be you know benefit what can can benefit you, but what how you can benefit that organization or that Relate, building relationships, right? Yes, so yes. Uh, focusing on just transactional That's relationships. Right. That's, mm -hmm. yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, what you said is. Yeah, that's the key, man. That's yeah, so. yeah. I mean, any business that I started, I was tapping to uh -huh. the network, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yes, yeah. Like when we started off the podcast, you know, I was saying how you're tenacious, and in your ability to connect with people and add value, uh, how important that is. And so that would just be my two cents to add. You know, I mean, for anybody listening, no, to get for to sure. IT, and IT is vast. It's yes, fast. You know oh, I mean? absolutely. Yeah. And it touches everything, right? So now yeah. you got fintech, oh, edtech, health health tech, right? right? You know, you guys mentioned General Motors earlier. You know, right. you got EVs now. I mean, right. look at these yeah. Teslas yeah. Right, yeah. right now. You know, yeah. how many software engineers That's work for right. you know, yeah, man, uh, Tesla? I mean, my uh, whole journey was when my father bought I me mean, my first computer. He said, if it breaks, you're going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. you are the warranty. So I intentionally, <laughs> so I intentionally broke it, and learned every you know component. You know, look the mother uh, motherboard. Looked at you yeah. know what I, what I need to do, and I'll just 
I, that's how I figured out, you know, hardware and slowly got into, you know, the soft, uh, the software part. I mean, I was programming in DOS, you know, using basic and Fortran and mm-hmm. all these tools, C-Cop, like this 80, 80s, 80, 80s, 90s, <laughs> old school languages, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> those are the foundations, ASCII, all that stuff. I mean, learn database management through Microsoft Access. Back, you know, back in the day, you know, so by the time I came to America in 2000, and by the time I met Bashir, I had all these, you know, skills. And so I could do, you know, that troubleshooting. But then when you guys uh, were building the networks and, you know, I had them cargo pants from uh, Sears. <laughs> Bashir would like stick all this, oh, you know, yeah. wi- wi- wires is like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Tools, everything. Get, get in there, routers, switches. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Set them up. Uh-huh. What's the <laughs> but, you know, we had the borders uh, and mm-hmm. water tower. So I used to spend a lot of time, yeah. Yeah. you know, around there. And uh, I'd pick up uh, this book called uh, Networking for Dummies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. You can learn a lot from those dummies books. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, yeah. the, the name, yeah, notwithstanding. Right. Just, <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 that's how that's how I showed up, you know, and I still do it to this day, you know, every year getting, you know, certificates, yeah. doing e-learning, that's right. um, reading, uh, reading books, you know, just staying um, ahead of the, you know, c- uh, curve. And that curve keeps, you know, uh, ch- changing. And so with a lot of young people, I always tell them, hey, pick up skills. Mm-hmm. You got the skills, you can apply them to any passion. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, you know, but don't, and don't worry about what everyone else is doing on Instagram. Right. It's, exactly. It's a yeah. marketing tool. Right. It's an amplification tool. Right. So what are you amplifying? Right. right. That's true. It's a loudspeaker. That's it, yeah. you know, so. Um, I really, really want to thank you guys for coming on the, you know, show, yeah, show, show today. Yeah, yeah, and I'm looking forward, you know, to all the stuff that we're going to be, you know, doing with WHA, the Aspire Center, oh, you know, the West, uh, the, uh, the West Side, you know, Somaliland, Somaliland, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> Abu, maybe Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, and, yeah. Yeah. So, looking forward to it. Thank you. Excited. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate it, the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Tech in the Hood. It's an honor to have you along for this journey. And I hope you tune in next week. Tech in the Hood is recorded in Ravenswood at the Chicago Podcast Studio. If you want to hear more, you can help by leaving an honest review of Tech in the Hood wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Tech in the Hood.